Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The best. The number one. Greatest innovation the game has brought in. 4020. Uh, welcome back to 4020 Not Live, which apparently sounds more professional, according to a survey of one listener who told Phil that the other week. That, that's, that's correct, isn't it, Phil? I think they like the live bit. They were on the podcast, but they did think that this... Um, whatever platform we're on was deliberately more professional. I said, we've never been professional. We can't suddenly become professional. Well, I was That was the question I was going to ask. Was it more professional or professional? Yes. Or, less, mod, or, modicum or... or less amateur. <laughs> yes. Are we like the Huddersfield Giants women? Are we kind of, we're professional. We're saying we're professional, but we, well, they've got to, they've got to pay Amelia Brown some money now. She's in the 41-woman uh, squad for one game. What's Stuart Barrow doing that? What's it? 41? How to keep everybody happy. Well, yeah. Exactly. I reckon um, he's, he's got this Yorkshire-Lancashire game, so he needed enough for two teams. But uh, 41 is a lot when your international schedule is one game. Did like, um, as revealed not exclusively on the 4020 live Twitter feed last week, that England wheelchairs will be playing France wheelchairs in uh, Marseille because the French emailed a thing saying it was on and... Uh, did it before the RFL, so that, that was nice of the French. That was good. You'll find the, uh, the the story was broken in a magazine that came out on Friday. I haven't seen it yet, you say. So. No, well, you would if you were here, but you're not, so you haven't. Or in St. Helens yesterday, there it is. And it'll, it'll be down there again somewhere. I don't know where. I'll, I'll be in a little box somewhere, I think. Um, I, I would have had it had I been in St. Helens yesterday where England uh, beat a dogged Tonga. Tonga, brave Tonga. I guess we've got to, any, any team who loses now is brave, as we know in rugby. Even if you don't win, um, what was it? What, what was the game like, Phil? Because it, 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 it looked okay on telly. Uh, I, I mean, I watch it through rose-coloured spectacles because I I love international rugby league, and I I think the sport needs it to be a success. So I'm prepared to give it any leeway it needs to be at the top of the pyramid. But actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it feels so much different when uh, you've got shirts of many colours there uh, and there were fans came out from a lot of different clubs you could see them 
Um, that changes the atmosphere a little bit. It isn't quite as fervent as if it's, you know, uh, 13,000 St. Helens fans in a stadium. The Sippy Tau gives it another level. Um, that was fantastic. And I thought it was a great game. Um, contrasting styles between the two teams. Tonga wanted to play a little bit more rugby and England had, uh, as you say, dogged, determined defence and a couple of flashes of brilliance. Um, I thought it set up the series perfectly. With it being close, and I think as well, we'll probably talk about this afterwards. But it's now part of an international program, so you don't have to look at it as just one game. There were eight matches at senior level played over the weekend in both hemispheres, and I think that's a really good look for the sport. Um, only one of those games was a blowout, and that one was because Samoa were playing. New Zealand the week after they played Australia and and they want that kind of competition but they're clearly not ready to play at that level at the moment when they haven't got all of their stars on board. So if you take into account that this is the first match of a three-game series, it's never happened before, I would say that if you're a rugby league fan and you watch that, and we'll come on to Mikey Lewis and how he gave that added value as well with his interview afterwards because of what it meant to him, then I would be buying tickets for, for Huddersfield and Leeds because I think they're very enjoyable games, two closely matched teams. It was a real, real, really enjoyable exercise. And no um, lane closures on the M62. That is a shot. Were you in the press conference afterwards, Phil? Yes. Did Christian Wolf say anything else apart from Liam Moore's terrible? Which he didn't say, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't actually say that. What, what he said was he needs to make it clear... Um, first and foremost, that England deserve to win and his team have got some things that they need to fix up, but they will get better because touring teams always do. What what he centred on was the speed of the ruck, which funnily enough, he's not the first person to mention that this year. Um, but he produced a stat to back up his argument saying that um, Tonga were coming off to play the ball in about three seconds and England were coming off in about four seconds. And because they are used to a faster ruck in the NRL and want to play their rugby on the back of a quicker ruck, then he was mentioning that that gave an unfair advantage to England. But he wasn't saying that was the reason they lost. He was just, yes, of course, that became all the headlines. We were unfairly treated, says Tongan coach and captain. But I think he was making a potentially valid point with but, but store. Uh, steered absolutely clear of criticising Liam Moore, who he said had been, since James's retirement... No, he didn't say that. ...consistently <laughs> the best referee in Super League while he'd been here. So, uh, yeah, it's a headline, but it, it's just an interesting debate about the speed of the play of the ball in the respective hemispheres. Liam Moore knows. I, I, I don't think he's terrible. Because he listens, doesn't he? That's a problem. Here is the problem, though, James. What are, what, what rules are we playing to this this week? Because in in Australia they're playing to NRL rules or NRL NRLW rules in the the women's internationals. Here we're playing to international rules, and then there's also out the, the rule. Uh, what, what's going on? How how confusing is it for referees for a start? It's just the same the same conversation, sort of year in year out. Really, when we had the World Cup last year. Uh, pre-tournament like that you'll have a conversation with all the officials around the laws but really more about the interpretations of the laws and invariably um from nrl referees point of view they had more changes to make to their game and their interpretations than we did in super league so 
there'd be probably very little that that Liam would have changed in terms of how he managed that game, how he approached the game, laws and interpretations. Now, whether those stats are accurate, I I would doubt I would doubt the accuracy of of a one second difference on average across eighty minutes. I really would, but you know, I, I don't know whether who was who were doing the stats, whether they were their own stats or not. Uh, but I would I would question that because it's I think it's very rare that you get such discrepancy. And whilst I didn't watch the game intently and I didn't watch all of it, I watched the majority of it. There they were the occasional rooks that were untidy, but you could probably point to players in possession contributing to the slow rooks, pushing forward, moving off the mark or whatever. Um, I, I, yeah, there'll always be occasional rooks that are slow and perhaps could have been punished. Um, but it may be that Liam had a word on the run, so uh, I don't. I don't necessarily buy what Chrissy Moore said. Uh, you know, I think he was on the phone most weeks when he was St. Helens coach to the referees department talking about the speed of the rooks. So um, it's good to know that some things don't change. But uh, what he what he's doing there, in my view, is setting up for game two and game three that he wants a quick rook, and so that he's trying to get a message to the referees for games two and three, which are different referees. It's not Liam Moore. Jack Smith will referee this week's game and, and Chris Kendall game three that he wants quick rooks. But as I say, I didn't watch all the games. So the back end of the game, I didn't see, but the, I was listening on the radio then when I was in the car and, and the impression was that Tonga tired, which you'd probably expect mm. in game one. And and yeah. statistically, statistically, if you look at touring sides, England, Great Britain, whoever they are, have usually fared the best in game one. Uh, and games two and three is where they come back and bite you, the, tour, the, the touring side. So I think... Beware England of, of of that, really. I think he also said, which was valid, that the bulk of his team hadn't played a competitive game for six weeks because mm. um, not all of them even made the NRL playoffs. So they were a very cohesive unit. And again, like the um, the game in 2017 in the World Cup that set this series up in, in many respects, it went down to the final play of the game. Tonga were in possession. They didn't score on that final play and they didn't have a try disallowed or look like they were going to score. But... You were on the the edge of your seat. Well, ju- journalists next to me were thinking rewrite, um, which is what you want because they are going to get stronger. And and Sean Wayne was absolutely at pains in everything that he said to not praise his players too much because he didn't want them to get the impression that they put down a significant marker. He knows how much better they're going to have to be in the second game. Um, so I think what did we get out of it? it was a couple of debutants. Um, performed really well, showed that they, they deserve to be on that stage, which is always good for England. Um, Jack Wellsby probably was kept in check more than he ever is in Super League because he's come up against the coach that knows how to play him because he, he had him everywhere. But you still couldn't stop that one moment of magic that arguably won the game for England. Uh, I thought Tom Johnson was amongst their best players. That That's a great return to the international arena on the back of a superb domestic season. Uh, unsung heroes, probably Elliot Whitehead. I haven't seen the tackling stats, uh, but I would be very surprised if many, if any, bettered his effort. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we'd all probably question a couple of the selections as if if they were on form or not. But Sean Wayne wants to play a certain way and he has to have players that will that will adhere to the way he wants to play. And, and most of the time he got that. But his halfbacks were good uh, and they did just enough to win. But if we know both teams are going to be better... Let's all go to Huddersfield and and see by how much because there's nothing between these two teams. 
yeah, it's a great test series from that perspective. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I, yeah, I'll granted I didn't go, but I would encourage people to to buy the tickets to go to the next two games. It's if people ever doubted that England didn't weren't going to get a tough test, um, I think that was quashed at the weekend. And I don't think yeah. there's any danger, by the way, of, of ever getting a game where Sean Wayne's going to over over praise his players. <laughs> he always finds something to to to, uh, to improve upon. But you're right. You know, it wouldn't have been a, far from a, a polished performance from England's perspective. They probably missed too many tackles and probably made a few too many mistakes, as as you'd expect. You know, they've not played together for for many months uh and the combinations are slightly different anyway to what they well not slightly quite a lot different to what they played against when they played France so they will improve as well I think the other thing is that we didn't appreciate or, or it probably wasn't appreciated on the television unless you were really there how wet the pitch was um that we'd had so much rain in the lead up to the game that there was even a thought on Saturday night it might be under, under threat of having to be postponed but um, the Saints ground staff did a great job, but it was still very boggy and there was a lot of moisture in and around the ball. So I think, that yeah, clearly there were some handling mistakes, but actually I thought there was a, a lot of really good rugby played and, yeah, Tonga tried to use the ball probably a bit more than England did. Um, but if it's dry this weekend, then I think we're going to see a lot more rugby and that, that's going to make it really entertaining. Yeah, it's not the best pitch in Allen's. It never really has been there. Um, but... It did stood. It stood up probably better than I, than I thought it would. But I, I think he's probably got some headaches in some regards, hasn't he? Because you know, um, Mikey Lewis's performance I thought was was fantastic, and his interview post match was was just I thought incredible. You know, to show that emotion and that genuine feeling I mean, of it, it just elevated international rugby league, and that, and that clip was shown in Australia as well, because obviously they're in the midst of you know their Pacific tournaments. But they want to promote the fact of how much this means to pull on the national shirt. And, and I said, you know, that we got footage back of um, before the New Zealand Samoa game, um, you know, the, the the hacker at one one end and the, and the civvy tower at the other, where they end up nose to nose. And you can't get that in a league game. It's what it's what makes it feel so much different, so much more uh, important and, and why we need to expand it and persevere with it. Um, and, and his interview alone was justification for that game because it wasn't that he'd scored two tries and he'd been given a man a match. I think it suddenly hit him then that he'd pulled on an England shirt and he'd done it in front of all of his family. Um, and even Tom Johnson was asked about his emotion in the press conference afterwards. And he said that it wasn't really in scoring the two tries. It was singing the national anthem. Because he hadn't done it for was it five years ago? He made his own three. I can't remember when he did, but years, um, years ago, yeah. But that's what struck him that he stood there in line with his teammates. He's singing the national anthem. He's wearing the shirt, and suddenly, this is a bigger deal than most weeks. And that's what we want international rugby league to be. So if Dom Young's fit this week, he's not. He's not going to play this series. No, I know. So uh, when George Williams is back from suspension, I, I should hold fire on my uh, think piece saying you can't drop Mikey Lewis and uh, Harry Smith because they they won the first test and we should cast George Williams asunder now. Forget that uh, whole banning thing. He shouldn't be in the team. That kind of rubbish. I shouldn't write that yet. Now, George Williams will play in the yeah. third test, no matter how well Mikey Lewis plays at Huddersfield and whether the series is one all, we're going into it at one all. Um, which, again, in some respects... Uh, whilst you want England to win, and and in talking to some of the um, 
the RFL officials around it, they don't think ticket sales will be affected if England already won the series. History tends to say, to say that fans will go and, and celebrate a team having won a series uh, rather than, oh, it needs to be one all and then fans will turn up to see who wins it. So, you know, we're in a bit of a no-lose situation. Um, but but Williams will captain the team for the third test unquestionably. He he is Sean Wayne's man. So no matter how well Michael Lewis can get six tries and he won't be playing in the third test. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I mean, so it's a bit of a proof of concept kind of thing. I don't even know what that phrase means, but I've heard someone say it on the telly, so it must be uh, important in that, you play England against Australia, New Zealand, even France, people know the history or the rivalry or whatever. The general public don't really know much about Tonga and, and how good they are at rugby league. So to get the crowd yesterday and, and hopefully the crowds going forward, hopefully the people who watched it on TV enjoyed it, saw how much it meant to Michael Lewis and see the highlights and say, yeah, if I'm not going to Huddersfield, I'll certainly be watching on TV on Saturday afternoon. I think the viewing figures were over half a million. Um, which again, you know, free to air, uh, a lot of sport around at the same time. That That's, I'm told, uh, a more than acceptable figure. Uh, I think it will go up. The um, The interesting thing is, is the changing face of International Rugby League um, because, you know, ha- you wouldn't have thought that Tonga coming over on a standalone series, which has never happened before, would be a credible fixture. But it clearly is. But that sets us up for next year when Samoa are over here. And then the line is, can England get any any degree of recompense for losing in the semi-final to Samoa? So that will set up that series. As many players that can make themselves available. You know, we were watching yesterday and Tyson Frizzell is scoring a try for the third nation he's played for. But it's the nation of his mother. And he made it quite clear that, he, you know, he wanted to be there. That that was his uh, his nation of choice. Married to Ilangi, who has played for Samoa, was in the Australia squad, uh, the provisional squad. And, and, and that's led to um, Mal Meninga saying, oh, we need to change the elevator. You need to change the elevator. You, you've picked anyone and everyone from every nation and will continue to do so. And when somebody turns their back on you, it's a big deal. Good. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's been credibility in the Pacific. The crowds have been good. 
Um, the, the fight, the, the unfortunately for them, fixture wise, they've got uh, uh, the games that are going to be the final the week before and then leading into the final. Um, I think probably in hindsight, they would have changed that. They looked at logistics of traveling rather than how the games might actually, um, the results might pan out. Um, but it, the general feeling coming back from PNG is that the players that have been out there have loved it. The the games have been well supported and the fans have gone absolutely berserk. The, the Gillaroos. Uh, and the Australians have been out to the, the country near near Canberra to do some training sessions. Been absolutely mobbed. Um, so uh, this this whole calendar to twenty thirty is massive. Um, it's not just what's happening this year. It's it then leads into Samoa. It then leads into an Ashes series. It'll then lead into a World Cup. It'll then lead into women's wheelchair and men's World Cups. It'll lead to the Kangaroos, the Kiwis coming over here. If we stick with it. I was heartened driving away from yesterday thinking International Rugby League has found its place again uh, and it needs to because that's where I think we're going to get the growth. Yeah, we'll talk about wheelchair, no doubt, but the, the possibilities for that as a, now a two-game series in, in both England and France on the back of that documentary, on the back of that World Cup final. Now, if we can't cash in on that, then perhaps we never will. Too much positivity, James. Have you got anything negative to say? Because I, well, I, I feel it be too positive. What was the atmosphere like? Because um, generally I find that international level, it, it can be quite flat because people don't know what to sing, do they? There, there was an element of that in that one, everybody's up for the game to start and yeah. then it kicks off and it and drops. It yeah. But that's international sport more often than not. And I think the atmosphere will be different at the second game because people will go with, we need to get behind England a bit more. You, you, there's a band there and they want you to sing generic England songs, yeah. but the tunes are when the Saints go marching in. So the Saints fans are thinking, do I sing here? Or, oh, I've got Will Hippolati playing for Tonga and I was cheering him the other week and he's leaving and this is his last game on the Saints' home ground, so I don't really want to boo him. But yeah. but that, but you accept that as being different. What was great was clearly there, were, there was a Tongan presence, a defined Tongan presence. There, there aren't... Santa, Where do, what's the, what's, how does he end up everywhere? He's everywhere. But they know how to support their team. So they had a lot of flags, they had a lot of horns. They they, they have this natural ability to hoop and holler. It, go, it goes, I think, with their their culture. Um, and there was a, a core of them sat in the seats and, a, and another lot behind the posts. So they created a really good atmosphere. But it is different to a league game. Sound like Catalan fans. <laughs> It was great. It, I, I, I thought. I thought from a TV perspective, it came across well. It didn't. It didn't lack atmosphere, and and I thought the ground looked pretty healthy in terms yeah. of the crowd. And I, I, you know, I saw a lot on social media about the crowd. And yeah, what twelve thousand eight hundred was it, it was against just, an eighteen thousand capacity? Yeah. But that's it was the same average that St Helens get. Yeah, I just think say was slightly disappointing, but it's probably not much. It's probably not much different to what I would have anticipated. Yeah. I wouldn't have anticipated it sadly now. Unfortunately, I think it should do, but it, it, it doesn't. Well, I know we had a World Cup last year, but we've we've not had a regular test, pre-match test series for so long, in my opinion, that it's almost lost its place in the calendar. I think when people get used to the idea of this happening year in, year out, people will then buy back into it. I mean, it, it wasn't, I don't think there has been much marketing of the tournament. Um, but uh, that said, every rugby league fan, if you're a rugby league fan, no, it's knows it's on. And there's, there's the when I looked at the average crowds of Warrington, Wigan, St. Helens, Salford and Lee, there's fifty thousand if you added up those average crowds, so they, they could they could easily sell that that stadium out without really much marketing. So I sometimes think that 
it's, it's easy to say, oh, well, there hasn't been much marketing. The ticket costs were pretty cheap, yeah. really, from what I can see. And I know some people were complaining about the website and maybe concessions, but you'll never get it perfect. I thought it was a good value for what you were going to get. Um, and I thought it was a reasonable attendance for the for the game. I think you'd like to see more at Huddersfield and, and, and more at Leeds. And I think you'll get I think you'll get up to fifteen at both of those. I yeah. think you, if if it's the decider at Leeds and the women's test, I think you you might get nearer to eighteen. But I think the the important thing is that it's a bit like the grand final the week before. If you were there, you felt you were something a little bit different and yeah. special. If you're watching it on telly, I'm glad the atmosphere came over, but. It, I think you need to be in the ground to really enjoy that experience and be part of it. And, and with, with the feedback we had after the, the grand final last week was that if you were there, you were enveloped in the sounds of the Catalan yeah. fans, the, the cheering of the Wigan fans, the fact that the game kept you on the edge of your seat till the end. If you were at home, it didn't quite come over in the same way. So, you know, I, I think... It I never think... will do, though, because as I said, I, was, I wasn't I was watching it intently because I was getting ready to go out or going out in the evening. So I wasn't, you know, you just don't sit in your seat like you would do when you're sat in the stand. So you, it, it, it won't necessarily grab your attention in that same way. But um, I mean, the other thing I, I noticed was in terms of, we talked previously when they, the, the, the test series was announced that it, they didn't take a game to London or wherever else. And I still maintain the view. I still think they should have done that, but I get the reasons that it costs too much money. And I think when you look at... And that at, would have needed marketing because you're in an unfamiliar... It would. And then when you look at the finances of the sport in general, then I can un- you can understand the decision taken to be conservative. Um, but from a commercial point of view, there's no title sponsor for the test series. There's no branding on the pitch. The only branding I could see was on the pitch was the post pads which was oxen uh the match officials had no main main sponsor um so there are there are missing commercial opportunities mm. now whether that 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 is a case of they've gone out to the market and they haven't got the prices that they wanted to get but that i think that's disappointing when you get in you know you're on bbc one with a half million audience share for three consecutive weeks uh, you know I, I would have thought that, that, that there should be a market there to, to generate some additional income well, I guess it, it makes a change that so he doesn't have Betfred plastered over anything as much as we, we love Fred and his friends for paying all the money out. But you're right. It, it, we you know, will, we assume now that the Ron Seal deal must be over for the referees if it's not on this kit when it has been all season. Well, that, that will be just for Super League, you see, or, or for the domestic competition. And it's an international rugby league competition, so it's run by the IRL. And it'll be the it'll be the IRL that run it now. Obviously, the RFL work on behalf of the IRL. They'll be almost employed to run it, run the tournament. But... I think it's disappointing that they haven't got additional sponsors for it, particularly when you've had a World Cup in the same country with a whole host of different sponsors mm. that you could have gone back to and said, actually, you know, we, I know you got involved last year in the World Cup. Would you like to get involved again in sponsoring the Test Series? And the answer may have been no, or it may have been, yeah, but we don't want, we don't want to pay you that much yeah. Yeah. and you don't want to undersell your product. So I get all those arguments. I just thought it was one thing that I noticed straight away. There was no sponsorship on the referee shirt and there was no pitch branding and there was no... T- and I remember going back years ago, it was the road safety, whatever. Think. Think, that was it. Yes. Think. Yeah, you know, the road safety campaign uh, that sponsored one test series. I think we've had Guinness and all the rest. So uh, it's a shame. It's a shame we haven't we, we haven't exploited that opportunity. It'd be very interesting to see if there are any more sponsors in matches two and three because um, I think you don't see the value of something until it's perceived. I think there's been a bit of holding back that next weekend, England Rugby Union could have been in the World Cup final. 
So, you know, the, you, you, if you're a company, you have to balance where you might get impact for your for your investment. Um, be very interested to see if any any companies now come forward for the other two tests. Wouldn't be surprised if there were no logos on the field because it was so wet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, press conference wasn't branded up with uh, like like the the World Cup ones that we went to in the same way. But you've got to sell the concept of we're not just doing it this year. You know, if you get that's involved saying, now, yeah, yeah. you can have the Samoan series if yeah. you want. And, uh, you know, by the time that... But that's the strength of having a calendar, isn't yes. it? That you can buy into a and, concept. And that's what the IRL yeah. have been talking about, that it now gives them the ability to go out and buy, you know, put broadcasting rights to market, go to commercial sponsors and say, we won't just sell you this one package of games. We can sell you every time that England play for the next five years. You can have a, a, a major part of their shirt collar or yeah. whatever. I believe Kevin Tinfield's been stripped of his imaginary knighthood as well after the result at the weekend. So that's uh, that's bad for Sir Kev. Eight yokes in. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, of course he's he can. Now, he doesn't even need to do sport. So he's got, he's got a book out in a fortnight that he'll be launching at Headingley for the third test with Rob Borough. They'll both be there signing in the shop. Do come. Soon he'll have more um, books out than the England Rugby League caps, which is a damning indictment on international rugby league, which obviously will change now. And I forgot Michael Lewis didn't play against France because he was interviewed pitch side after the game by, I think, one of the uh, <laughs> Yorkshire papers who needed a story on the match. And, uh, well, he, at least he's played now. He's got, he's got his first cap. And it, it's, all, it's all good and it's all exciting. And we all enjoyed it. And we'll enjoy the second test on on Saturday at Huddersfield. Hopefully, you know, again, whatever happens with the attendance, there'll be people straight on the internet moaning about the attendance. But, but, but people must be moaning about Matt Newsom because he said he's deleted his Twitter. And I'm like, he's actually a very good commentator. What, what's going on? What's wrong with people? I don't, I don't understand. It, but... It's people. Look at the state of the world. It's people. Plenty of other people to moan about, uh, but but not Matt Newsom. Um, that's the first test done. That's all the rugby. Um, by the way, um, Congratulations, Hull Cow women who won the championship. Who decided to play that at three o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday? I thought the domestic season finished last week. I didn't even realise there were any holdover games, but that got zero publicity. I just... I, it was streamed as well, so you could have watched both at the, the same time if you wanted, but just, just bizarre timing. I, I don't understand that one, but that's... Uh, that's rugby league for you. Um, Georgia Roach, she's coming back. She's in the 41-woman mega England squad. So there's something we can sell the final test at Headingley against. Uh, uh, it's, it's, a great, it's a great appointment because if she was coming back anyway to because you know her season's finished and he was coming back to see friends and family, to get her in a national shirt when she's just won an NRLW grand final, what a coup. Um, yeah, I mean, probably Wales... Not so, uh, not so keen. But Wales themselves have now got uh, a match in France next weekend, which is fantastic because all of these nations want to try and replicate how it would feel if they were in a tournament. And to, the Welsh girls to go and play uh, in Carcassonne this week, and then come back and play England. Be interesting to see, um, obviously, how deep their squad depth is. Um, but but great to have Georgia on on back on Headingley's uh, lush turf. Great idea for our media colleagues, maybe even at the the Rugby Football League, get her and Adrian Morley together because they're only two people who've won grand finals in both hemispheres. Sorry. Or or not. 
Well, no, don't do that. Um, what's there, was there anything else happen on Sunday that we haven't mentioned that we need to mention? Not in terms of um, on the field, I don't think. And I, I, I don't think too much is happening off the field at the moment. But but that's good because internationals then take pride of place, don't they? And that, that's what we want. The, it's great that Sky are bringing in the Pacific Championships so we can keep an eye on, on those as well. I think the games in PNG and the bowl have been fantastic, including the women's games. Um, Australia, New Zealand this weekend, that, that will be worth watching. Um, and that's, as I say, the, the precursor for the meeting the following week in, in the final. But uh, both of those seem to be in, in fine form and, and they, they they rarely disappoint when they place each other. You you know, you, you got the disappointment of the Kiwis not beating them in at Ellen Road when I still think arguably they were the better team on the night. Um, that was probably the game of the World Cup in both men's and women's. Oh, not probably. That was one of the best games I've seen for a long, long time. So that was outstanding. The repeat game of yeah. that will be worth yeah. watching. Um, so I, I think we're talking about all the right things, and and you know, ki- clubs are releasing kits. Big deal. They're going to play. It's white, Phil. It's white. What's going on at Le- Evans Morning? I know they moan every year about the Leeds kit. It might be sure. It's, it, it should actually be their alternate kit, but um, it will be oh, interesting what, to see what that is. What, what's this with people saying print? Playing white. That was the story that, that broke following the podcast. I think the story about that isn't Croft, who's been rumoured for quite a while and negotiations have been um, quite difficult to, to extricate him from what was a long contract and making sure that Salford gets something out of it as well as money. Um, and I think that's where the sort of Nanny McDonald deal uh, came in the background, you know, needed to be released so that Salford wouldn't have to, all of that was going on. But the Ackers part of it, um, if if you are um, interested in how Leeds might go next year, that's the masterstroke to get the, I mean, he's good enough to sign on his own anyway. So if he came on the open market, I I think most clubs would be in for him. I, I was surprised actually he wasn't either on the bench or the starting hooker for England this week. Um, but the fact that the two of them have played together for two years, wanted to stay together as a combination, um, you know, I, I, I fully appreciate Salford fans will not want to hear Andy Ackers wants to leave, um, but he wants to play uh, in the same team as Brodie Croft because they've got an understanding. For Leeds, that means there isn't a settling in period for either of them. They're, they're so important to each other. That that actually coming out of left field was an absolute masterstroke. That's immediate but, pressure, though, now you've said that. The Leeds have recruited well, because that's another story out the window. Yeah, but then when they lose the first three games of the season, then it's, you know, I'm not saying they will. I mean, and Newcastle might be back, although they might not be back. And it just makes a bit of a mess of everything, because we still don't know how the uh, League One and Championship seasons are going to start. I think League One will be a separate competition for 2024. The Championship clubs have already done their season ticket offers. Um, they know how many fixtures they've got. Be very hard to change that now. Um, I think you can make some adjustments, maybe for next year or going forward. But I'm not sure what you can do for 2024 for the League One clubs. It, it would be great if Newcastle came back. It, being in League One, the only advantage is the outlay for new investors won't be a lot um, to get a team on the road and 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 up and running. I still think. If you needed to find an option in the very short term to make League One viable, we come back to this discussion that we've had before about the top reserve grade sides of Super League teams playing that division. 
So if it was, let's say, off the top of your head, St Helens, Wigan, Warrington and Leeds, um, who are the top reserve grade clubs, maybe Hull, you could throw them in there. You put those in to League One and you have got fixtures like Cornwall against St Helens. You've got Hunslet against Leeds. Uh, you've got Rochdale against Wigan. You've got very saleable fixtures, even though they're A teams for those clubs and you've got the requisite number of fixtures. And if you are those clubs, you've got more meaningful fixtures than the reserve grade has been. Where that leaves the reserve grade for though, without those teams, I'm not sure. But it was piecemeal this year. It was reserved one week. It was academy the other. It didn't really work. So if you were looking for a short-term solution, I think that's the way forward. But um, again, I don't know whether that is even on the table. It is on the table. Oh, sorry, James. But it is on the table as I understand it. And I think that that, well, we discussed it last week. I think that is the way forward. Um, You know, Rochdale playing Wigan is a far better prospect than Rochdale playing London Scholars or West Wales Raiders. If, but if, but I also think that there's a, a, you and I went to Coventry um, one Friday night that was a pre-season game when Rob Burrow took his academy team down. But nobody said it was Leeds Academy. It was Coventry playing yeah. Leeds. They got 1,400 people out, which is the biggest crowd they'd had at the, uh, the Butts Arena at the time. And the locals had gone because they were playing Leeds and Rob Burrow was, um, you know, leading his team down. Leeds fans went because they'd never been to Coventry before and there was that novice. So you could imagine that if Wigan were playing Rochdale, that would be Rochdale's biggest crowd of the season. You know, if Oldham are in that division, they're clearly going out and buying players to be the dominant force in that division. Well, if one of Oldham's fixtures is against St Helens, that's a really marketable, uh, you know, and a scout that they would want, even if it was the St Helens. Oh, you're so good at producing young kids. Well, let's see how you are against the League One team. So Midlands Hurricanes, I know, would love to play those teams. Um, and if they're going to be in a big arena in Birmingham, you, you've got a fixture that would just go up as, you know, Midlands against Hull. It's got cachet to it. So, yeah, I, I think that in the short term is the way ahead. You went to Coventry. I played a fiver for the string. I watched it at home. Did you not come? No, no, no. I went to when they played the Bulls for nefarious purposes with proper sport, but obviously that's long gone. Have you got anything written on your piece of paper this week, James? Because usually you've got loads of things to talk about. No, you've given up on that now. I've got electronic this week and it's on my phone, so I keep checking my phone. But I think I've covered it. The one topic we haven't covered, but whether we can cover that in the three minutes remaining on on this Zoom is is Wakefield Trinity. What about what about well, the, the takeover's happened? I can't believe it. Um, yeah, Mark Applegarth has formally have been given a red card, um, which I think they've done it the wrong way around. You know, completely. I have, mean, when you read the, the takeover first, but when you read the statements, there's no mention of Mark Applegarth. No. So it's bizarre, a bizarre. But hopefully, it's a new era. I do, I do believe that they will still be at Headingley on Boxing Day. So Daryl Powell's debut will be uh, at Leeds. Um, In Daryl Lee Trust. I mean, the one thing I won't miss, and I'm going to say this now, is journalists in press conferences referring to Mark Applegarth by his nickname. I always thought that came across as really, really, I don't know, too friendly. Not that you shouldn't be friendly with people, but keep them at arm's length. So you've got to be objective, haven't you? Now, can you be objective when you're calling people by nicknames? Not that we refer to James by any other nicknames people used to call him from the, uh, from the stands. And Castleford now have got their coaching team sorted. Craig Lingard, uh, the first Super League coach without shoes. Yeah, and I think he he 
he should take that job. It's his opportunity in, in Super League. Interesting that somebody who they'd offered that job to is now his assistant. So I, I'm not sure That's how that dynamic will work, yeah. but I think they'll they'll both make it work. Um, but, you know, I, you immediately thought, oh, that's the sort of a James Ford at Wakefield with Mark Applegarth. It's mm. somebody who, you know, the the, the organisation think has great potential is is sitting on the shoulder of someone they've just appointed. So I think because of the, we know both of them and their character that they'll make it work. And um, I think it's a great appointment for Castleford. They're clearly looking to lower the age of the, of the team as well. Uh, and I think they're aware of the issues that the team have got um, and that the club have got with the, moving into a grading system, not least seeing their pitch as a swimming pool over the weekend, um, which again goes back to, uh, you know, that will they get planning permission unless they get a flood defence system put in there? But I think that was proven over the weekend yeah. that there is some work that needs doing there. I've got more uh, faith in Castleford getting uh, something sorted than uh, Wasps moving to Kent, but that's another story for another day. Should mention the Roy Francis statue, which we'll we'll talk more about next week, I think when we've got more time uh, and probably, and yeah, mention all the books that are out, Phil. Uh, well, there's only one book that you really need to know about. Um, it's a story within a story. Harvey Hippo finds his talent written um, in rhyme by George Griffin, il- brilliantly illustrated by Beretta Ferraimo. Who knew that rugby league players could have such a sensitive side? Actually, it's brilliant. It's a, it's a good book in its own right, but they're a story within that and, uh, and good luck to them. And who knew that Bobby Charlton once played for Warrington? He was a big rugby league fan. I think he and George Bess used to be at the Willows on a Friday night. Probably for different purposes, but uh, that's by the by. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.